In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People of Catalyst podcast, Alan Fadden. Hello, Carla. Hello. Your favorite time. Yes, podcast time. <laughs> well, I'm really interested in this uh, series that we have put together. And because, you know, what we do is really simplicity on the other side of complexity. And so the reason it works is because you can really break it down into these very simple pieces and then build on those pieces and in this next four-part series, Alan and I are going to go through advanced training for being both all or all four core natures, mover, shaker, prover, and maker. And today we're going to be talking and when we've gotten a lot of great feedback on the interview format because it becomes pretty easily digestible uh, for those that are, have been utilizing the Hoodoo Method for a long time or now we're just getting into using the Hoodoo method. So we're gonna go through an interview series. And of course we had to start with Shaker because we've got the Uber Shaker on the phone here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we'll be asking questions and then Alan is going to answer them based off of some advanced techniques and understandings that both make individuals uh, uh, have a be very good at this particular core nature of work again mover shaker prover maker and then also some things to consider that either make ideation implementation easier but then also how we combine at the end of the day these different core natures of work together so that we get the inputs matching the outputs and we don't have this uh, uh clogged you know cancellation out of work simply because our core natures mm -hmm, yeah. are different so okay here we go you ready ready awesome okay so alan what are the two things that make a shaker a shaker so number one you're an early adopter so what does that mean that is traditionally for 110 years uh, of research we've thought about that as a very stable model that uh, there are people who do things first and it's always been applied into say the markets how do people buy things well the theory here is that people also buy ideas the way they buy products so uh so number one are you an early adopter so here's an example i'm an early adopter when the iphone came out in 2007 i'm the idiot who waited in line for eight hours to get the first iphone <laughs> now not only did I have eight hours in a shopping mall parked with a whole bunch of other idiots waiting there, but I found out two months later I'd paid $200 too much for it. They charged too much, they cut the price, and uh, I didn't care because I had actually $200 uh, dollars and two months worth of one of the most elegant pieces of technology ever devised. I was a, I was a happy guy. So I, I got to have this thing. And so the, the same thing is true with, with ideas. It's a person who, who wants to innovate, who wants to make changes in work. They're the early adopters. And people always say that, well, 
you know, how do you make change in your organization? Well, we go to the early adopters first. Well, who are the early adopters? Well, we don't know. We just try to find them. Well, and also, now you know. they take the context of just the client. Remember, if you don't have your team working uh, well together, they're the direct extension to your client. So we hear this in technology and all the time, you got to find the early adopters. Well, yeah, but you got to find them in your team first before Absolutely. then you have the ability then to find it. Um, your early adopters with your clients, and then your promoters. Yeah, because that's how you're going to get things done. Uh, now, the other distinction is not just early adopter, but are you a thinker? There are thinkers and there are doers. And this is what makes the big difference uh, in, in versus any other kind of a model is that if you're in, let's uh, talk about an early adopter thinker. That's a shaker. That's somebody, uh, a thinker is somebody who's thinker, who's thinking is, is random. They're in the abstract. They deal with possibilities. What can be? Uh, it doesn't ever, you know, they can visualize something getting done. And, and to a thinker, that's almost the same as actually building it. <laughs> almost the same as, it, you know, it's like, as well, I mover, have the idea. As a mover, I would tell you, it absolutely is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. But don't ask a thinker because a thinker will say, oh, yeah, I, w I had the idea. What more do you want? You know, it, it somehow will magically get done. So uh, an early adopter and a thinker together, you put those two things together and that's somebody who can come up with the old cliche, the out of the box idea. They can come up with an alternative way of doing something. They can innovate, they can, they can do all kinds of things. Got it. And also, I don't wanna to go too far into the advanced advanced training, but there's a scale of early adopter and thinker in this regard. So based off of the role you want the shaker to play, you might need to have somebody uber early adopter, right? Um, like yes. Elon Musk or somebody later on the scale, just depending on you know where they, uh, what the role you want them to play in. Because sometimes uber shakers are so great about ideas, but that might not be the extent that you need them to play. And with that, what? let me ask you the next question here, Alan, but what is a good role for a shaker? Well, just as you point out, Carla, there are two of them. One is innovation. It's like, wow, we need to get connected with the future here. We need to do, to do something disruptive in our market. We need some ideas. So now you're asking for somebody to, to do some thinking that is uh, it very much disrupts the status quo looking for the big idea how can we how can we do something that's different and and shakers love ideas that are different so there there is one now the problem with that is that they they have all these ideas and most of the time they never ever get implemented there are too many barriers and the barriers that come up are part two and and the elegance of the hoodoo method is inserting a shaker back into the process at just the right moment. Not too early, not too late. Too early is when they're sitting around a meeting listening to provers come up with everything that can go wrong and they're getting upset and insulted and everything else. And too late is, is uh, when the idea is already dead. So you want to you get them part two, besides innovation, you want to get them in there to overcome a problem or solve a problem. So let's say there's a barrier to getting this done. You know, we we found out that it's uh, it's a great idea, but it's illegal in 18 states, and we want to do a 50-state launch. What are we going to do? 
Well, so Shaker says, well, wait a minute, doesn't that mean it's legal in 32 states? Why don't we launch in the 32 and then we'll go back in and lobby and uh, in the other 18 because laws can change and then we'll have a 50 state law. Can you live with that? And then the provers could say, oh yeah, never thought of that. So <laughs> put them in at the right time, doing the right thing. Number one, innovation, creating the big idea. Uh, number two, overcoming the barrier and really saving the big idea. The beautiful thing about that is it gives the other shakers a chance to come up with the solution to that barrier. They imprint the big idea and then they own it too because every shaker wants the idea to be mine. I don't care what idea it is as long as I thought of it. And that's when you hear those uh, cliche words like employee engagement. And it's like, wait a second, only 15% say yes, so we've got to have you all. We have to have everybody, but not at the same time. And so I like inserting them at the right time and understanding that, that, again, it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. But if you don't have buy-in from your team, you're going to hit gridlock. It's not you're a shaker, you're better, you're a mover, you're better, you're a prover, you're better, right? You're a maker. It's just understanding the who, and then the when. We're all stars, just at different times. There you go. And to our next question then, Alan, who does the shaker have the best relationship with? Or I should say at least first, but is definitely, they're both green and white relationships, but this particular core nature of work is a, is a, they fit together like peas and carrots. Absolutely, and that's you, Carla. (laughs) Carla is an uber mover, and as a shaker, I love that, because Carla will look at five, six, seven ideas and say, oh, we should go with number three, but number five drives number three, so we got to do number five first. Give me that idea. I got a budget over here. I'll get a meeting set up. We'll run with that. Thank you very much, and I'm saying, oh, bless you, bless you. (laughs) So shakers love movers because they set priorities, and they actually get ideas launched, and they they can get them done. Now, we need the other people, too, because you get a shaker and a mover together and, it, you know, you run off and do, and do uh, crazy things. I, uh, I know a shaker who, who had a mover as an architect. They designed a house, and the, the shaker invites his mother over to show her the house. He's so proud of it. A beautiful house, incredible house. And she says, where's the laundry room? <laughs> they look at each other like, oh, we forgot. <laughs> so... So don't send just a mover and a shaker. We need us all, all we need somebody it, to bring up the problems and, and get this idea down. So it's, it's grounded too. And so instead of moving to the other person that shakers potentially have conflict with, you brought something up here that I kind of want to dig into and we'll get back to that other question that what are, who does the shaker then likely have conflict with? Okay. So that's uh, uh, oil and water. That's the shaker and the prover, the two thinkers, but the early adopter thinker is the shaker. Hey, I got an idea. And the late adopter thinker is the prover. So the shaker says, hey, I got an idea. And the uh, prover says, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes, oh, no. oftentimes we tried that. before the idea, even the sentence gets finished. I've witnessed that where it's like, <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh. I mean, the sentence not even finished yet, right? That's right. You you start the meeting rolling your eyes. So, uh, but the, and and but that's important. Neither one of these people is bad or wrong. It's just that they're again they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. They shouldn't even be in the same meeting together unless you've got it under 
heavy brainstorming rules where you can't critique ideas. Yeah, and you've got, and and it's very different. And go back to the last series we did with ideation and implementation. And so your point guard is your mover in ideation and they're running a, a specific meeting and keeping everybody in the same lane. And then when you get to implementation, your prover actually becomes your point guard. Um, And so understanding where you're at and what you're trying to get accomplished is absolutely critical. And that brings us to our next question then, Alan. So what is the solution to the conflict that can be created when shakers are really great at coming up with ideas and provers feel it's necessary for them to critique and tell you everything that's going to go wrong with the idea. <laughs> yeah. So, so number one, we need to invite both behaviors. It's just that we want them present at the same time. And when the adversary is not in the room, uh, what we're doing here is if we can match a person's role to the correct time in the process, and then match the correct person to the correct role at that time in the process, then things really work. So the solution to the conflict is when the uh, shaker is shaking things up with new ideas, you don't want the prover in the room. And when the prover is critiquing the ideas and you're saying, you know, blow every hole you can in this idea, you don't want the shaker in the room. They're gonna get mad. So what we do is do it separately. Now. When the prover blows every hole in it, you just record that like ideas, and then they leave the room, and the shaker comes back and said, hey, love your idea. Three little problems. Can you solve these? It's illegal in 18 states. Oh, we'll launch in 32. So each, each barrier, the shaker comes up with the, with the uh, solution for it, and then leaves the room, and then the prover comes back in. So the key is keeping them apart, keeping them in their lanes, doing only their work, and having them do the right thing. How do they fit together? And what's the sequence that you use them in as applied to the process? Exactly, I, I love how you talk about um, it, having people leave the room. So I was just doing a training last week and you know no training is ever the same, but this is a group of CEOs, right? So you have a whole bunch of early adopters. You go and train military and you have a whole bunch of later adopters, right? So you're, we're constantly doing this science based off of, you know, 110 years of marketing research. And then you also have to do this art, right? Because you're trying to keep people in their lane. And what's interesting, I almost got to having people leave the room because they were so disruptive because they're they're all CEOs. They're almost all early adopters. I got two provers out of 25 people. (laughs) And I I think one was maybe even a maker that was sitting in the role. We couldn't even separate in smaller groups, right? And it happens on the other side sometimes too. But I like what you said about the leave the room, because literally, if people don't understand the process, we're playing games and we're going in and teaching them this process through playing games, because it would never work to just walk in and, you know, be running the, the, the process without them having the understanding. So if you have a group that doesn't have an understanding, I mean, the only way to do it is to have them leave the room because it's too disruptive. People don't realize that the run home to mommy is so loud and so in your face that even, and we're not even talking about combinations of like a prover shaker that pokes all the holes and then says, oh, wait, wait, we could do this to fix it, which is, you still can't do that, right? It's just, you right. completely have to not commingle the animals or else they just, you know, you have to have the right people 
at the right time or else you just, it's almost impossible to get anything done. And we're talking about facilitating with master trainers, right? So I like how you said that, uh, uh, you know, the solution to the conflict is having them leave the room because if that's what it comes down to, you're going to get it done a lot faster just doing it that way instead of, you know, trying to put a uh, push a parked car up a hill if they don't really truly understand understand and trust the process and people love leaving the room why because they're talking out there doing other stuff yeah they can do real work instead of sitting in a meeting being bored to death or upset the whole time and the other thing is like if you tell a prover you, you know, have at it with this idea. Tell me everything, everything that go wrong and nobody's going to push back against you. It's like, I, I've actually had provers and you have two provers come up and say, thank you. Thank you. Nobody's ever let me do that before. Yeah. I'm not the bad guy. Oh boy. <laughs> and we're not even layering over the advanced training that comes like with the disc with his personality. Because right. remember, this is coordinator of work. Now all of a sudden you have to layer in not only their core nature of work, because at the end of the day, we're not sitting in a room to sing Kumbaya or have a potluck on Friday. We're sitting in a room to get something done when it comes to business. And so if you put the people at the right time in, in like, for instance, we're talking about advanced shaker training, allowing them to be who they are naturally with work, it removes 70% of any of the conflict anyway, because everybody's enjoying what they're doing. And I think that's critical that we have this uh, buzzwords, you know, employee engagement, change management, culture. You can't <laughs> fix all those. You can't, you're there to do something. <laughs> like if that's not happening, nobody's going to be happy from the bottom up and the top down. And that's you why we, we get can't the, change it all with the ping pong table. Yeah, exactly. We were, it was so funny. Uh, Alan, of course, coming up with an idea, had a great idea that within our uh, training, we were putting together a training package. We would have uh, ping pong removal service. <laughs> <laughs> we'll recycle old ping pong tables. There you go. Okay, so they now. They great conference tables. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that would be pretty funny, actually. So. <laughs> So moving to the second one, because I know I jumped, I wanted to really make a, a, you made a comment that I wanted to go to the red light relationship, which was the shaker and the prover. So Alan, who is the other person that shakers potentially have conflict with? So the other one is the maker. So it even rhymes, the shaker-maker relationship, shaker-maker, shaker-maker. The problem with that relationship is they're basically from other planets. The uh, shaker is the natural starter, the maker is the natural finisher. Maker dots the I's, crosses the T's, does all the details. And th there's not even a common language. If you can imagine going to a country uh, uh, where you have no clue what the language is, it, it's pretty much like that. And so the, uh, it, it all leads to misunderstanding. The, the, uh, the maker sees the shaker as somebody who's going to disrupt the the system things are running smoothly you're not going to bring any new stuff in here are you we just clean so, this place up <laughs> yeah. and we're going to have a meeting about how we're going to dominate our category for the next 10 years do you want to be there uh no thank you and please don't do anything crazy okay we're just getting this thing stabilized <laughs> and uh, you know what? They're both right. We need to disrupt the market. And on the other hand, it's the maker who harvests all that market share, all that revenue, and turns it into profit by a replicable process that they can make money at. You know, makers are responsible for great cash flow, a great delivery, impeccable, uh, impeccable service, 
and uh, they're great at routinizing things. So, so just keep those two apart and let each peacefully coexist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm just going to wrap it up with this last question here, Alan, that how does this lead to innovation and implementation as you and you just touched on it there, oh, we're going to disrupt this market, right? Well, the ideation of how you're going to do that and the implementation are completely different sides of that coin. And so how does using the who do method then lead to this innovation, which is on the front end, and then implementation, which is on the back end. Yeah. So uh, here's a here's a, a big idea, shaker training in 10 seconds. If you don't like what's going on, do the opposite and figure out how that can work. That's as simple as that. In this case, we did the opposite. And the opposite here is the old saw is that you, you train people to, to do everything, right? Uh, uh, I'm a shaker, send me to expense report school, right? I'm not doing my expense report very well. Waste of time, waste of money. Instead, train your strength. Get better at what you do and then make sure that everybody's in the right place at the right time and the handoffs are right. And therefore, uh, train your strength. Now, what does that mean as a shaker? It means you want to become a generalist in knowledge, specialize in ideas and problem solving, become a specialist, do more of what you love to do, what you're great at, your core strength, specialize in that, then generalize in knowledge. And that's true all across the board. For a shaker, that knowledge is general knowledge. Explore everything you can outside the context of your product area, outside the context of your market, because those are the big breakthrough ideas you can come in. We don't create, we combine. That's what uh, Arthur Kessler said in uh, The Act of Creation, the book he wrote in 1961. So when we're creating, we want to combine something that already exists with what we have. That new combination can oftentimes be a market-disrupting idea, but it comes from outside the context. So learn everything you can about history, about the world around you, about human nature. It can be anything. It's a, ba a base of knowledge you can scan for ideas. Mm, I like that. A base of knowledge you can scan for ideas. And it was funny. I met a shaker on a bus yesterday. I'm actually sitting in Vegas right now. Uh, just got done with a two-day event. And so that's my, my voice is a little bit hoarse. And we're sitting on, and he's a CPA, right? So CPAs are typically on the audit side provers and later adopters and on the early side, you know, shakers. And we're sitting there talking. And as we were driving, he said, you know, I've, I've got Windows, so all day long I scan the internet on my phone, and he opens up Windows, and so he said, one day I looked, and I had like 147 of them, and one <laughs> of them was like, you know, 2014 or something, so it's his bookmarks <laughs> of knowledge, which I thought instantly, because I'm always analyzing, okay, I wonder what this person's core nature of work is. And he said that, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It made me think of you, though, Alan, because I think you would probably do something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Any last thing to add before we wrap it up here? Uh, just that there is, a, this is a beginning, not an ending. This may be new to uh, some of you or a lot of you. And uh, you can go, you can go deep into this. And one of the beautiful things is once you learn the handoffs, once you learn to keep people in the right place, you can do what you love 
and what you're great at, and they turn out to be the same thing. And when you're in the right role, your contribution is enormous rather than getting beaten down all the time and canceled out by somebody else's problems. Mm -hmm. Yep, you got it. And everybody loves to be a part of a winning team. And on top of it, everybody likes to be encouraged for what they're great at versus beaten over the brow with what they're not good at. So that's been part of the most empowering process of of this. Well, excellent. So make sure you join us. This is a four-part series. This was Advanced Shaker Training, and we'll be moving on to the mover, the prover, and the maker. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst Podcast. And remember, it's a good life.